0: Welcome to the Everything Works Out For Us podcast. My name is Marina, and I'm so happy that you're here to join me on this journey of embracing a growth mindset that's grounded in gratitude and self-awareness. I'm an REBT mindset life coach, actor, singer, content creator, and the bigger sister that you always wanted. And I'm ready to start turning our mental and emotional roadblocks into roadmaps, maps. In each episode, I holistically utilize psychology, spirituality, and my own personal experiences to strive to empower you to step into your power and deeply connect to both your inner knowing and the world around you. Let's grow together. Hello everybody, happy Wednesday, and welcome back to the pod. Today's episode is going to be a hard hitter, I think. It's a topic suggested by Emily H. Thank you for the suggestion, Emily. And she asked me to talk about the value of failure and disappointment. Even saying that out loud feels like a punch in the gut. Just the words failure and disappointment hold such heavy negative connotations, I think. For me, there's a lot of fear in those words, but... As we're learning along this podcast journey, hopefully we can work to shift our mindsets around scary experiences like failure and turn them into something that can help us grow and come out stronger on the other end. So... Today, I'm going to first cover the psychology of disappointment so we can get a firmer understanding of what's really going on neurologically, and then I'll touch on expectations, resilience, radical acceptance, and tools that we can use to overcome disappointment. Finally, I'll finish off with a discussion on failure and how we can reframe our mindset around it. When failure becomes redirection, we can find much more freedom in our lives. All right, so let's jump right into the psychology. So let's define first, disappointment. So disappointment is feeling unhappy because someone or something was not as good as you expected. So yes, I'm going to cover expectations, but there are three main causes of disappointment, and the first one is called the arrival fallacy. So, the arrival fallacy is when we're so focused on achieving our goals that we forego the process. We overwork ourselves, focusing solely on one outcome, banking on that one outcome to make us happy, therefore, living in unhappiness without the one thing. And really, just expecting that one thing is going to be the only thing that could ever possibly make you happy. All right. Number two is unrealistic expectations. As I mentioned, having extremely high expectations for everyone and everything around you and not being able to accept that things may not pan out to that expectation, um, that highly leads to disappointment. And then number three, welcome to psychology, childhood experiences, right? Um, If you have trauma surrounding disappointment or expectations not being met in childhood, your brain may automatically replay those experiences and evaluate the present and future based on those same subjective guidelines. So those are the three main causes and along with that, the psychological setup for disappointment. Um, There's a couple steps to that as well. So the setup kind of goes like this. You're in a situation with an uncertain outcome, right? And so you expect a positive outcome. Then you feel like you don't deserve the positive outcome and you're surprised that you didn't achieve the expected outcome and you couldn't control the outcome through your actions. So that kind of uh, (laughs) downward slope heavily leads to disappointment. It's kind of that self-fulfilling prophecy in a way where you're expecting something on a conscious level, but subconsciously you may be blocking yourself from it because you don't actually think that you deserve it. Um, That could be, you know, another, another reason that you find yourself consistently feeling let down and disappointed. Obviously, not being able to control things can highly lead to disappointment as well because you feel if you can control something, then you will like force the situation to meet those expectations and then when they don't happen, then you're let down. Um, but I highly encourage you to listen to my last episode on surrendering and how to let go. That speaks a lot on control and how we can kind of loosen the reins a bit there, so... I won't spoil anything for that episode, but yeah. Um, I think it's a good one, so so check that out. All right, but how do we face this inevitable disappointment that we experience in life? It feels icky, um, but it's two main things. It's radical acceptance and it's resilience. If we can hone our tools surrounding radical acceptance and resilience then we can become stronger when faced with disappointment. So radical acceptance can be defined as the ability to accept situations that are outside of your control without judging them, which in turn reduces the suffering that is caused by them. Radical acceptance has roots in Buddhism and dialectical behavioral therapy, and it's based on the notion that suffering comes not directly from pain, but from one's attachment to pain. Radical acceptance is a huge topic that could be its own episode alone, and I'm highly considering making an episode on it, but just that phrase really resonates with me and is maybe the most hard-hitting phrase of this whole episode, so I'm going to say it again. Radical acceptance is based on the notion that suffering comes not directly from pain, but from one's attachment to the pain. So essentially, pain is inevitable, but suffering is not. I'm going to read a quote from betterpsychologydegrees.org in relation to disappointment. Disappointment forces you to admit that you did not get what you wish to have, and it's actually easier for you to protest with anger than it is to encounter your sadness about the course of events. Anger allows you to continue idealizing what could have been while consciously denigrating it and people will hang on to it because it's what they needed at that time. Now I'm always real with you on this podcast. Life can feel so unfair at times and I'm not saying that setting expectations is the root of all evil. Like honestly, I don't know if it's even possible to never have expectations for anything ever, that's probably not even healthy, but when we're faced with these unmet expectations and disappointment, life is still going to go on, so that's where really working to practice radical acceptance comes in. While being disappointed when facing these unmet expectations is completely normal, suffering results when the initial pain is prolonged due to a lack of acceptance of that situation all right I'm going to hit you with another quote this one is from verywellmind.com radical acceptance does not mean that you agree with what is happening or what has happened to you but rather it signals a chance for hope because you're accepting things as they are and not fighting against reality so, again, this is a huge mindset shift. Um, de-victimizing myself is something that's been huge for me on my healing journey. I might have said it before. But, again, pain is inevitable. But we can choose to stay in these cycles of suffering by refusing to accept what has happened to us and and choosing to focus on um, being the victim of that situation instead of trying to move on from it if that makes sense uh all right this is kind of crazy for me but let's do a little sports analogy what who is she not the theater girl doing a sports analogy um but in a study of long-term baseball fans Older fans were less subject to the disappointment effect because they were better able to manage their expectations surrounding their favorite team not winning all the time, and they were able to better handle the losses. So they were able to accept the fact that their favorite team wasn't always going to win, and no, they'd still be able to live happy lives regardless they've built that resilience, right? Because if you simply cannot accept the fact, I mean, this is obviously a a, like low stakes example, but if you simply cannot accept the fact that your team losses, that's when you stay in that suffering and you make yourself miserable watching these games, right? It's like, oh my, you're just like so torn apart by it because your favorite team is just losing and losing and losing. Um, But again, with this study, it's saying the older fans have built that resilience and like knowing that their life is going to go on, even though they may be disappointed by it, they can feel sad about a singular loss, but they're still able to bounce back because they've accepted that that's the reality and there's still hope for the future. Now, let's chat about resilience So resilience is the process of adapting well in the face of adversity, trauma, tragedy, threats, or significant sources of stress. And resilience is like building a muscle. It takes time and intention. You're not either born with or without resilience. It's something that you consciously and continually grow as you age or you know whatever on your journey so there's four components to building resilience and the first one is connections building empathetic and genuine connections with others to lean on for support and gaining understanding from other people people who will validate your feelings but help build you up life is a journey we thrive off connections we need them And it's a huge element of resilience building. Number two is wellness. Obviously, this is a wellness podcast, so I'm huge on this. And wellness includes but is not limited to self-care like mindfulness, like meditation, exercise or movement, fueling your body in a healthy way with food, water, etc., Um, And avoiding negative outlets like toxic coping mechanisms or toxic slash unhealthy people or relationships in your life. You can't flourish and level up in your journey and build resilience in your journey if you're constantly being brought down by negativity. Whether that's from other people or whether that's from things that you are doing to yourself. The third component to building resilience is purpose. Helping others empowers you and empowers others, and it also fosters connection, so that brings us back to number one. But being proactive and viewing yourself less as a victim, like I was talking about, accepting that you need to work on changing and taking control of your life by doing the brave thing and making those changes. And then also working towards your goals in a healthy but not all-consuming way. It's great to have goals. We need to have goals. It Goals give us our purpose. Achieving the goals give us our purpose in life. Um, but it's when it becomes that obsessive need to meet this expectation kind of goal or else, or else, <laughs> um, that's what we're trying to avoid, right? Alright, and the fourth component to building resilience is embracing healthy thoughts. Keeping things in perspective. Really try to become aware of these subconscious thought patterns when you are catastrophizing or thinking irrationally. If you're disappointed by someone, does your mind automatically think it's because you're unworthy and no one could ever love you? When you take some time to dig a little bit deeper when you can recognize a thought like this and when you can hone in that self-awareness, you can begin to take control of the thoughts, bring them to your conscious mind as opposed to letting your subconscious just kind of wire them for you and consciously turn them around knowing that it's irrational. Additionally, just maintaining a hopeful outlook Um, Again, self-promoting my own podcast, but I did a whole episode on toxic positivity versus genuine optimism and maintaining a hopeful outlook is obviously going to fall under the genuine optimism category when we're allowed to feel the sad emotions in order to move past them and gain that hope and positive outlook of the future. So... Instead of constantly spiraling on how horrible things are, take maybe just a second out of that spiral to look at how far you've come. You're allowed to be proud of yourself if you've come a long way, even even if you're not where you want to be yet. So work on continuing to find things to look forward to, accepting the past for what it is, um, but continuing to visualize what you want rather than catastrophizing constantly and over-consumingly about what you fear. So building this resilience is a huge way to start combating being overwhelmed by constant disappointment and additionally as I mentioned earlier it's okay to feel disappointed. Um, again on this podcast I don't support toxic positivity and if you listen to that episode you'll know that a huge way to overcome it is again to just Fully move through the emotions that you're feeling in order to release them, in order to move forward and to return to that more positive state. So if you're feeling let down, disappointed, sad, please let yourself feel it. It's okay. But the more that you build your resilience, the shorter the periods of disappointment will last. And I think that's the key. You know, again, we can't avoid pain. We can't necessarily avoid disappointment. But with building our toolbox, we can lessen those periods of pain and disappointment. And that's the goal. All right, segueing a bit, I feel like failure and disappointment definitely are sisters. And there's a lot that we can learn from both of them. Thomas Edison said, I make mistakes more than anyone I know, and eventually I patent them. (laughs) And I love that. Like, where would we be without Thomas Edison's inventions, right? But he had to mess up a hundred times in order to give us light. (laughs) Like, thanks, dude. Thanks for messing up. (laughs) Much like disappointment and sadness, it's essentially an unavoidable human experience to fail and the feeling of failure can lead to huge spirals of disappointment, unworthiness, confusion, sadness, heartbreak, etc. While resilience building plays a huge part in both overcoming disappointment and failure, there's a few more things that I want to focus on specifically with failure. People in all walks of life fail, but a huge component of bouncing back from failure is our own self-image and where we tie our own worthiness. A very relevant lesson that I'm learning in this present moment is that I need to stop tying my perceived successes and failures to my self-worth, and while I touched on this in episode 5 where I focused on how we can stop unhealthily comparing ourselves to others, we are the only ones who get to decide what exactly a success and failure is based on the expectations that we put on ourselves. The expectations I had for myself are that are no longer serving me were things like, I have to work at a certain theater to be happy, or I should be making X amount of income solely from a performing career to be happy and successful, or this person needs to treat me this way to prove that I am worthy of love. These expectations were fully placing my happiness and worthiness in the hands of other people. I was letting other people decide if I got to be happy or not, even though I was still putting in a lot of hard work, you know, in into my career, into my relationships, whatever. And then everything changed. I don't want to live like that anymore. I get to choose that I am worthy regardless of what other people think of me, regardless of my external circumstances or money or job or whatever. My mindset around failure has changed in this sense because I, I don't even view a lot of the things that I used to view as failures as failures anymore. Again, because I'm defining what failure means to me. And I love the phrase, there is no failure, only redirection. It's so freeing to believe that when something doesn't work out according to your expectation, It's simply because it's a redirection from God or the universe pushing you towards the path that you're actually meant to go down. Yes, I mean, it feels amazing when your expectation aligns with your physical reality, right? Of course, again, human. That's obviously much easier. There's no resistance. But having the knowing that everything works out for you is a way to introduce radical acceptance. Things are how they are right now. Even if it's disappointing, but I'm moving forward, growing stronger because something even better is coming. I have started viewing opportunities as a win win situation. Oop, she's gonna get vulnerable again. <laughs> so I was recently up for a promotion at work. And the opportunity was presented to me very surprisingly and out of nowhere. But I was like, well, who am I to deny an opportunity for myself? Because if it's meant to be mine, it's already mine. I just have to take aligned action. So I started envisioning my future with this promotion. And I worked really hard on the interview process. But I went in with a mindset that I... I already love my current job. I'm super grateful for it and if I don't get this promotion, I'll get to stay in a position I already like and I'll get to keep the new apartment that I've already gotten approved for and if I do get the promotion, then I'll get a raise and take on more responsibility and you know, that seems really fun too. So let's just see what happens and maybe as you could have guessed, I did not end up getting the promotion two circumstances outside of my control but I I was shocked because I did work really hard and I let myself be disappointed about it for a day because I had feelings that I, I knew I needed to move through like it, it was disappointing to put in all that hard work and again the expectations were set and they weren't met so yeah I was I was sad um, and that's okay to be sad but I certainly did not fail. I learned so much about myself, about my abilities and skills and goals, and I learned how to be a better worker uh, and a better interviewer. I learned that things don't always have to be black or white in order to be happy. Either outcome, I knew I was still going to be the happy, grounded, smart, grateful person I am, and now I'm just stronger because of it. You know, at that time, that opportunity wasn't meant for me, but it's still leading me down my aligned path. It wasn't a failure and it wasn't a mistake. I I was really proud of myself for this win-win mindset that I've started to craft, and I'm really excited about utilizing it for the future, too. So I have a few callbacks coming up as an actor. Um, if you're not in the performing industry, a callback is... Basically like a final interview, I guess. Um, It's when the director wants to see you usually as a specific part or specific parts and then they cast a show based off of that. So uh, I have a few callbacks coming up and while I will absolutely take aligned action and put my best foot forward with these casting directors, I know that I have nothing to lose, only to gain by either outcome, aka getting cast or not getting cast. There's... There's always something to learn. There's always room to grow, always a light at the end of the tunnel. It's just my responsibility to see the silver linings of either outcome and know that whatever happens is truly a win-win in my life because of the path that I'm meant to be taking. Specifically for these callbacks, where I'm at in my life, I told myself that if I book a winter show, then that's amazing and I get to be in a show. And if... I don't book. It's because I'm just meant to get a cat, which I've been wanting for like literally my whole life. But if I don't book a show, that means I will have dedicated time to spend, you know, a few months getting a kitten and raising her. And that's something I'm equally as excited about. So win-win. All right, now it's your turn. Start coming up with win-win scenarios in your head for opportunities headed your way. When you start setting those inevitable expectations you know you're going to set, might as well direct them towards a win-win scenario, right? But yeah, be patient with yourself. Things don't always turn out to plan. Like, a shit ton of times things don't turn out to plan, but it doesn't mean things went wrong. Let that disappointment, once you've... Belt it and moved through it, propel you into the knowing that your outcome is just a redirection to what's truly meant for you. Sometimes we get so one track minded with the expectations that we set for our lives that we don't leave any room for new possibilities. So, really try to stay open minded and receptive to the things that we don't expect happening. You know the saying that good things come when you least expect them. I mean, it's so true. Like, honestly, some of the most amazing and beautiful things come into our life in the moment that we least expect them. And I know it's frustrating because it's so hard to let go and surrender as humans. It's like, it feels like it's against our nature. But if we can just stay in that receiving mode and allow good things to happen to us, it's like amazing what we can be surprised with and something I saw on TikTok the other day um another affirmation oh she can't do an episode without talking about affirmations uh I mean I guess it's kind of an it's more of a uh, mantra rather than an affirmation but there was a girl that she said every morning she wakes up and she says show me how good it gets and I'm like (gasps) oh i'm definitely using that mantra like that's a good one show me how good it gets yeah like universe what do you have to offer girl show me (laughs) so i'm gonna be trying that out i'll let you know how it goes you should try it too but We're just silly little beans on this earth. (laughs) So just strap on your seatbelt and stay along for the ride. It's just another reminder to continue to surrender. Allow yourself to be surprised. Again, while setting expectations is normal, sometimes it's just really freaking fun to go with the flow and allow the universe to bring you people and opportunities that would exceed any expectation you could have tried to control in the first place. And on that note, thank you again, my friends, for tuning in. As always, give this pod a five-star rating on Spotify, on Apple, or wherever you're listening. If it's if it resonates with you, share with a friend. And I will see you next Wednesday.